This is the Check It Out podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. I'm Troy Swanson. I'm Joe Malarkey. I'm Tish Hayes. And we are joined today by faculty member from Communications and Teaches Literature and also is the faculty coordinator for the Democracy Commitment, um, Tamara Coleman-Hill. Tammy, thanks for joining us. Um, we are going to, well, this continues our podcast series about Giovanni's Room, our upcoming one book, one college program. And we want to get to, and we're going to connect this with the democracy commitment today, but we wanted to start with um, a little discussion about James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. So now you said you've read him through the years, and then you're, you're reading, you just read the book, um, Giovanni's Room, the novel. And so how does that compare to like how you've known, say, um, Baldwin in the past? Well, I was, a reader. I was actually introduced to Baldwin um, in a freshman composition class when I was at a community college. And before that, before Baldwin, I never really thought of myself as a particularly political person. I never really identified with um, some of the political um, sort of identifiers that I identify with now. Um, but that was huge for me to read people like Baldwin, Angela Davis, um, and other authors, Brent Staples, an African American. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, sure. Uh, he oh, yes. actually was a, a journalist and became somewhat of a um, short story essay fiction author right. at that time. And for me, I was introduced to um, James Baldwin's essays, his what might be considered somewhat social commentary, his mm-hmm. commentary on race, class, um, and in some ways gender, but more of a focus on um, race and, and class and race relations in America historically. Um, I was also introduced to him through his um, longer text, a nonfiction text called Evidence of Things Not Seen, Yes. where he writes about um, particular situations. And in particular, this piece was about um, murders that had happened in, in Atlanta and how in many ways mm-hmm. that particular community of African Americans were ignored, even in the obvious um, uh, context of, of those murders that, that were happening at the time. So that text really dealt with race relations, very overtly race relations, and Baldwin's feelings about um, the continued racism in this country, even after the Civil Rights Movement. I believe that book was um, published in the 80s. It was, because yeah. um, the, the, it, it was known at the time as the Atlanta Child Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, a mm-hmm. group of children, African-American children, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was 1983. So his book is probably about 85, Mm -hmm. I would say, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's him and, now I'm forgetting her name, there's a a fictionalized version called These Bones Are Not My Child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was sort of the other um, um, sort of um, write-up on it. Mm -hmm. Because it really wasn't, it certainly was in the news, Mm -hmm. but it really wasn't... um, It wasn't highlighted. It was not highlighted. So just for... um, you know, some of our listeners may not be familiar with Baldwin. We're, the, the time span of his writings, we're mm-hmm, talking yes. about mm-hmm. um, 50s mm-hmm. up like the, through... The, yeah, the mid-40s to um, his uh, his death was 89. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it would be the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the, the collected um, works of nonfiction mm-hmm. is called The Price of the Ticket. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I read like about mm-hmm. 25 years ago mm-hmm. and just knocked me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think his, his nonfiction was what sort of brought me in. And then later, as an um, English teacher, I used his fiction, his short piece, Sonny's Blues, in my mm-hmm. classes in order to teach um, um, 
introduction to literature, introduction to fiction um, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but for me, I've always seen him as a um, an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. More of an activist and less of a thinking of him as a, a fiction writer, although we know that he, he also produces um, really great fiction as well. Um, so I sort of see him through that particular lens, which was really powerful for me um, as a freshman in a composition course, right. trying to figure mm-hmm. out who I am in the world, and then looking at Baldwin, who's also exploring these um, race and identity issues. So when you, um, from that perspective, when you pick up Giovanni's Room, um, how did Giovanni's Room read in the, in the context? Um, one of the things I noted very quickly in the text was um, beyond the fictional story of the characters that he creates is the commentary which is in many ways nonfiction. It's really about what's actually happening at the time or him sort of overlaying um, social issues within that context that are really about a larger American context. And that's the way I sort of read Giovanni's room. So he uses these fictional characters to explore problems that he's really having at home. Um, and that home mm-hmm. being across the, the, the shores. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I think that comes from me understanding him in that way as opposed to understanding him as a person who writes fiction. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I think one, I've, I've read criticism, and Tish, you may have much to add on this, um, you know, about Giovanni's Room, in that it's written by James Baldwin, but the, but the characters he writes are purposefully white. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing <laughs> with this, you know, who belongs and in, in what groups, mm-hmm. and um, it speaks so much to some of his views on race and privilege. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he, you know, he obviously purposely goes out of his way to um, make to not have characters that are African American, mm-hmm. etc., mm-hmm. um, but still offer this commentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can no, I can comment on that. One of the things um, is that he would he said at the time he had published um, his first novel, which is Go Tell It on the Mountain, and it's somewhat based on his childhood. But you know, but it's certainly a work of fiction. It got great notices and sold modestly. Okay, mm-hmm. and he realized, and, and you will see this if you really study the further life of, like, say, the Harlem Renaissance people. And I don't just mean the writers; I also mean the artists. Mm-hmm. There was a very small market for their work, mm-hmm. and and, and a which small, matters because a small to, to make a living as an artist, yes, you have to get money from somewhere. Readership. Right. For this work, and he said at the time that he wanted to be known as a writer first mm-hmm. and as a Negro writer second. And I think part of it was the realization that there is only so much of an audience for these stories. Now, then, what what's odd is then what he becomes famous for really is his essay work, his nonfiction work, which. Very much, it, it well, but it's 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 about many things. It certainly is about race conditions, but it's also about economics, class, you know, all of these things. But he becomes a spokesperson, you know, really for the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. you know. So be careful what you say. You're never going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it may turn back on you. I think Baldwin is interesting in that um, the. Um, intentionality of creating characters that aren't black characters or Negro characters at the time. Um, his choice in doing that is pretty wise, particularly understanding the um, the black community and sort of the um, unwillingness, I would say, to talk about um, 
um, sexual orientation, gender identity, or also to ostracize those within the world of the Harlem Renaissance who were um, gay or lesbian. Um, there are many mm -hmm. um, figures who mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. have that were sort of shunned by um, the African-American community at that time. Um, so to create those characters is really interesting. And so he creates them in a way that kind of separates blackness from sexuality um, and maybe makes it a little bit more palatable, but given that it wasn't really that successful within that community anyway, I mean, I think all these things are really interesting, yeah. and how they sort of yeah. play out. I remember, I think it was an interview with him, and I can't remember which interview, um, but he talks about David, the protagonist of Giovanni's Room, um, as having, you know, he can explore his sexuality and he can also be terrified of, of what that might mean for him because he is white, because mm -hmm. he's privileged, mm -hmm. and that he lives in this world of privilege, that he would be losing something, you know, mm -hmm. to to acknowledge his sexuality, and that that fall from grace or whatever is 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 what he was examining, and mm -hmm. that for him as a black man, like that that that's such a different experience, mm -hmm. like him. Mm. Coming to terms with his sexuality is a different experience coming from, you know, a place where he is not privileged mm -hmm. in the same way as a white man is privileged. And I thought that was really interesting, just really, like, putting it out there. Like, you can read this as this tragic love story, but there are so many other things that are happening, as you, you know, mentioned, that, that play with these ideas of privilege and power and who's allowed to, who's allowed to maintain that power. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's... You know, David gets to watch this man go to death and just feel really bad about it, which I think. <laughs> right. Spoiler alert! Right, yeah, right. spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> watch it. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think I, because I'm rereading it, you know, from like 25 years ago, and I think like you, I'm seeing where his personal voice pops in mm -hmm. to the text mm -hmm. and there's a moment and I remember it from reading it 25 years ago and it comes and I was like what is this, this? when is this going to happen I know this happens and it's late in the book he, he has too long a sort of lingering look at a sailor walking down the street and the sailor kind of gives him a withering you know response and the thing is that he reads the sailor's mind as saying look baby I know you mm -hmm. and that is like so wobbling Mm -hmm. I was like, right there, you know, <laughs> and it's like these little moments where, you know, like you, you become aware once again, you know, who the, you know, who the narrator is, who mm -hmm. the storyteller is, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can see. So um, with that setup, maybe we can um, shift and try to connect, I mean, I think some of these themes, um, some of your work with uh, democracy commitment and maybe real quick, um, what is the democracy commitment okay. on our campus? Sure, yeah. Um, the Democracy Commitment is a um, national initiative which we've signed on to um, as a, a member institution that is um, uh, trying to ensure that every community college um, student receives, receives a, a civic education mm -hmm. or um, an education in um, democratic practice. Mm -hmm. um, and that can come in a variety of different forms. Um, but it is a national movement. Um, much of it is already a part of the work that many faculty members and others have been doing on campus already, but mm -hmm. I think the commitment itself as an initiative is a way to um, document, encourage, support um, efforts that have already been done and then create opportunities for faculty to, to do this even more and for those who haven't, um, who feel like they haven't really been doing civic work in their classroom um, have either the professional development opportunities or they have some things that they can tie their curriculum into. Yeah, great. So talk about maybe um, how Giovanni's room may connect to some, or you know, themes may connect to some mm -hmm. of your work. 
um, one of the initiatives of the national um, democracy commitment is um, dealing with inequality. Um, and inequality is broad. Um, uh, we sort of started talking about earlier this year um, uh, inequality in terms of, of um, economics, economic inequality in this country. Um, but I th also think there are ways that we can talk about inequality in, in terms of issues related to identity or even on a more social and maybe less political, but then maybe not, um, thinking about um, our expectations. What are larger societal expectations Mm -hmm. expectations in terms of who we are or at least how people envision us to be, where we should be and what we should be doing. And I think a lot of these issues are raised in Giovanni's room. Um, there's an interesting point in the text where he um, is, is having a conversation with, um, I think it's a, a woman who is, is renting a, a room or, or, or apartment or whatever to him, and she says, you should be married, which is this long, drawn-out conversation about why he needs a wife. Right, right. Um, and, and have babies. Yeah, and yeah. have babies, of course. Right? right, and she she goes on and on about why, and she feels so bad for him, as if he the poor thing can't take care of himself. And beyond just thinking about sexuality, I think that's a real issue for a lot of people. Who I should be in the world, whether you're um, um, gay or straight, however you identify, the idea of the expectation of marriage right. is is something that I think. One, we don't really talk about that much, and two, we end up falling into expectations that either our parents or community or family um, have for us in terms of those types of mm -hmm. identity issues, which I think broadly will connect broadly with our students in terms of you know identity. The other thing is that I, um, and as uh, Tissue were talking a little bit earlier, the one thing that I love about this text is the, the fact that these characters are white characters and not black characters, and there is, there is a sort of privilege where a, a white male in particular can even though there's problems and, and, and pushback, but can sort of explore issues of sexuality where as a black male, I think there's still such a struggle with, with black men dealing with issues of sexuality and, and being um, not embraced or accepted by the black community or having the experience of, well, this is not important, that let's deal with race issues, right? As if somehow we can pull those things apart and say, well, I don't want to deal with the sexuality thing in the same way that oftentimes black women deal with, well, I don't need to deal with the woman thing right now because mm -hmm. I need to deal with this more important <coughs> national agenda, which is the issue of race. And I think it would be a, an interesting issue for students, faculty, staff, for the community to think about how those things intersect, particularly for black males who are mm -hmm. already expected to be overly masculine and right. the other, these other sorts of problematic ways mm -hmm. in which we think about black males. And if I could throw in sort of, you know, my, my thing, uh, something that I think it's lost in the discussion of this book, because it starts to focus on David and David's thing, is Giovanni's an itinerant worker. Okay, yes. it is the the guy at the the bar has gotten him a work permit. Mm -hmm. Okay, but he is really at the mercy of the economy as a foreigner. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and it's that's that has existed. You know, through time, it still exists yeah. to this day. Well, it's a, okay. it's an interesting contrast between David and Giovanni because they're both. They're, it's set in Paris, but neither are are are, from, are French. Mm -hmm. Paris. Yeah, and so you have the the rich American that's you know at a time of leisure on vacation, extended vacation in Good God, two years. Yeah, two year vacation oh. in Paris. Oh. You know, in relationship with um, an immigrant struggling to make a living and, and to eat. And, you know, they go through like, mm -hmm. oh, I haven't eaten in this many days. Yes. And then they you know fall into this realm of you know 
you know, I'll, you know, I'll take care of you if you do whatever for me. Well, I was going to say that's the other thing that comes up. Um, there, 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 there is an element also of sexual exploitation as well on the part mm. of the kind of benefactors that um, mm -hmm. um, Giovanni has. Right, he mm -hmm. even says at one moment that. Um, he could probably get along for a few days without being harassed, right? And what does that harassment translate into? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I think that's also an issue of inequality that could be addressed, this issue of what do people do when they're in desperate situations? Mm -hmm. So when we think about other issues, um, um, these sort of um, uh, slave labor or trafficking and those types mm -hmm. of things, oftentimes people are caught up based on, well, I need this, and some, uh, many times it's forced, but in other cases it's, well, I need a job or I need the money. Right. You know? yeah. Well, and so then um, Giovanni, you know, commits a crime, commits murder, as is the book tells, and then... Spoiler! Spoiler, I know, but we find out that from the, you know, that the beginning of the book yeah. that comes up. But, the you know, part of the issue is, um, there's a real issue left in the book, is does he really get treated fairly through the justice system? You know, it is does he really get to represent himself? And what is said about the parties involved. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, I, you know, that just play, you know, a book that was written in the 50s that still is absolutely relevant today mm -hmm. and still, you know, plays well today. Like, it's it's right there. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that's important, too. That just shows Baldwin's, um, even within this fiction, his focus on these sort of real-life conflicts or these real-life systems mm -hmm. that oppress or make it difficult for certain people, generally marginalized people, to sort of move through the world in a, in a way that's um, much more free, right? Mm -hmm. Like your David character, right? There's a certain freedom that he has, but then a certain... Con he's um, sort of, um, I don't know, constricted, I suppose, in mm -hmm. some ways. Um that are different from these other figures around mm -hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. So Tammy, thank you for sharing your insights with us. And we hope that this is the beginning of a conversation that we're going to spend, you know, a couple of semesters working on, right. you know, that we please don't think that we have the final word, even though we, we really <laughs> do trust our own opinions. Right. But so <laughs> thank you so much you. from Troy. Thank you. Tish. Thank you. Tammy. Thank you. And Joe, thanks for listening.